0: Dave, it's me, Dave. I know you want to shimmy in the sun with all your friends, but right now, (laughs) seriously, don't. Hang out from home, where pants are optional. You can do it for America.
1: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly
2: And welcome to the English edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, which is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. Every week, our team will be bringing to you all of the latest news happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We will be providing recaps of Lucha Libre happenings all uh, over the world, happening over the past week, um, including news from Lucha Libre AAA, CMLL, and top Mexico-based independent wrestling promotions, along with luchador-related news from WWE, AEW, MLW, uh, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and beyond. Uh, This podcast is available on luchacentral.com and all major podcasting platforms. My name is Miranda Morales. I am one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast team, but I don't do this alone. I have two other experts here to take you on the, the latest that's happening in Lucha Libre. First, I'm going to bring in Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you this week?
3: I'm doing great. How are you, Miranda?
2: I am doing fantastic. I am so glad that you are with us. You are out in Kansas where there's uh, some possibility of uh, some storms happening out there.
3: Yeah, they warned us yesterday to be ready for tornadoes, and we're in a severe thunderstorm watch, but no weather yet. But they, right. you know, ever-present threat this time
2: of year. Yes. Well, fingers crossed there isn't a tornado that happens during the middle of the show for you. I'm gonna knock on some wood there. <laughs> um, yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. That would be something. But you know what? Keep us at keep us updated just in case. I will. All right. If we don't hear from you, we may, the tornado may have gotten to you.
3: Yes, that could be.
2: <laughs> I hope not, and, but it's possible. Oh, Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, our other co-host, a third member of our hosting team, Brendan Barr. Brendan, how are you doing this week?
4: Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm up here in Seattle, the, the land of the perpetual lockdown. So uh, we're staying safe, but... Uh, I'm tired of staring at the same four
2: faces. (laughs) Well, you know, we are all still in lockdown. I live in uh, Arizona. Our lockdown will be lifted fairly soon. So, uh, But, you know, then we start seeing each other's faces again and also, you know, wondering, hopefully, is this person going to get me sick? Who knows? Hopefully not, but uh, still some weird times in quarantine land. So uh, I'm I'm glad that both of you uh, were able to to make it to this week's show. This is the second week of the uh, of the podcast, so thank you all for joining us. Um, we're really excited to have you, and we're going to be jumping into this week with an interview that we have lined up. Um, let's get. Hold on some technical difficulties, there you go. So, uh, we have a great interview lined up for this week's show. Um, this is an individual who um, we asked to come on uh, due to his, his uh, experience in training, um, and not only you know, just training in Lucha Libre, training some of the best out there. Um, also a professional wrestler in his own right, um, very well-known in the professional wrestling community. We're just uh, very excited to to have him on this week's show. Uh, let's see. Vinny Massaro. Vinny, are you with us?
5: Hello, I'm here.
2: Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Vinny. Uh, you've been seen on Lucha Underground um, and also... You know, rumor has it, best friends with Ultimo Panda. Is that something that you can confirm uh, exclusively here on the Lucha Central uh, Weekly Podcast?
5: Well, I don't know about best friends. I'm more of his handler.
0: Uh, oh, okay, so okay. I have
5: okay. to carry. I have to carry his. I have to carry his back. Like you know how you, you hear those stories of like Honor the Giant and Tim White and. Like, uh, the great Kali and some of the refs, like, have to take, make sure he gets from one place to another. That, that's mm-hmm. me with the Ultimate Panda. Because he's a wow. superstar. He's from Japanda. Yeah. You know, he's from Japanda. <laughs> he's not coming from the corner. He's not a local guy. So yeah. he has to make his way. I have to make sure he has his travel. He has his bamboo. He has all of his songs. And, his. you know, I got to make him, a, a like, a little, you know, playlist. Uh, you know, like a little. For every show, he demands a certain little uh, mixtape. So I have to make that for him every time. He's he, You know, honestly, if I can be honest with you, he's kind of a dick.
0: But, you know,
5: he pays a lot of bills.
2: <laughs> hey, you know, no one said the wrestling business was going to be easy. Uh, i i'm no. sure you teach that a lot to to your students yeah. um uh, but you know what you to to be that handler for Ultimo panda to you know someone that's fairly beloved um making sure he gets there you know having to put up with with uh you know uh, what don't, he meet puts through.
5: The, don't meet your heroes don't meet your heroes <laughs> or pandas it, it's not, you know it's 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 just not gonna be you're gonna really hate it you know what i mean it's like I don't know. It's it's a long story, but you know, I appreciate yeah. you having me on. I really do appreciate you having me on uh, on your podcast.
2: No, no problem. Uh, you are with Pro Wrestling uh, Revolution Training Academy. Can you tell us a little bit about you know what it's like to to be part of the of the academy?
5: Uh, yes. Well, I mean, the academy is a great place to for uh, you know it's in San Jose, California. So if anyone's ever you know it, Anyone ever wants to come and train in, in San Jose, California, you're more than welcome to come. Uh, it's a great place to go and train, uh, not because of me. Obviously, I would love to say, oh, come to train because, it's, you know, you're going to train with me. I'm just one of the, the you know, the, one of the instructors there. Like, you know, you go to a lot of uh, different places and, you, you know, you get one instructor and that's pretty much, you know, you, you can tell because whoever comes out of that place pretty much trains like that person. The good thing about Pro Wrestling Revolution is like, I am one of the trainers. So, you know, I have a little bit more of a strong style or, you know, just kind of, um, you know, I have my own style of, you know, more, more suplexes, more strikes. Uh, then, you know, we have other play- people in there that can train, uh, like Robert Thompson, like Gabriel Mears does some of the training. But then the good thing about Gabriel Mears, who is the owner of Pro Wrestling Revolution, he will come in and uh, what he'll do is he'll bring special, uh, special trainers. Like, we've had Super Crazy before. We've had Sky Day. We've had Lady Apache, which is by far one of my favorite ones. Lady Apache is, you know, just an amazing trainer. And we all learn different lucha styles um, from, you know, all these different you know, teachers. So it's not just one person. Uh, you know, it's not just me. Uh, so, you know, in case, hey, if somebody wants to learn this style and this style and lucha libre, you know, obviously... Uh, when you're with sky day you're going to do the more intricate submissions you know lady apache same thing you know she's you know everyone's like oh well you know i don't know i can't believe you know you're going to be uh sitting there and uh train from a woman well i guarantee you she's the baddest one of the best trainers i've ever been in the ring with uh you know she can tie you up into so many different ways and you know they call it the you know the 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 yavis you know the keys and it's just uh it's an awesome experience so but that's a good thing about Revolution. You never, and then sometimes just, you just have random people come in and just, just, just want to train there. And it's just a great place. There's lots of people there. Uh, so, you know, there's big guys, small guys. So if you want to be a lucha and base, you can learn. You can learn everything. Any any kind of thing you want to learn about it
2: that's a, amazing and especially I mean yeah someone of the caliber of of lady apache um i I mean she's a tactician to to be able to learn from her For sure, um, sure and go uh...
5: cool. hello yeah I'm sorry go ahead
2: no, no, I just just to reiterate what you were saying. Yeah, I mean to to learn from her and a lot of the uh, special trainers um, that that come in. You know, uh, I'm sure as a trainer too, you're always constantly learning um, to be able to to show your students and and uh, encouraging them that the learning doesn't doesn't stop.
5: Well, yeah, well that's the one that's the one good thing about. Uh, being, you know, quote-unquote a trainer at Revolution. I say quote-unquote a trainer at Revolution because I don't consider myself a trainer there. Uh, I consider myself more of a student. Uh, just because when Lady Apache shows up or Sky Day shows up or super crazy, uh, I'm the one that, I'm the student. I'm the one that's going to learn from them. Uh, so, you know, I, and I appreciate all their, you know, what they, cause, you know, they will take they will take each person and it's like, hey, you know what, you're, you know, we're not. It's not like they they all go down the list. It's like, okay, everyone's got to do, you know, a Halitas, or everyone's got to do ranas. Okay, well, Vinny, you know, obviously, I'm not gonna. I don't know if you have noticed who, you know, the the those who who have never seen me. I'm not a high flyer. Uh, I'm more of a of a ground based guy. So of course they're gonna teach me those styles.
2: Well, you mentioned that. Uh you know, you are a student. Can you explain a little bit about your um, background in in pro wrestling and that how that may impact how you work with uh, newer students?
5: So when I first started, I started at the uh, All Pro Wrestling Gym. Uh, basically, uh, if anyone's ever seen Beyond the Mat uh, and you yeah. seen that glamour that that glamorous gym with the cats, that was the person with the cats that was my trainer his uh his name was Michael Modest. uh so uh, you know funny story about that uh that that uh upstairs bedroom where you guys saw him with his cats that was actually my room for about 2 3 years uh oh, so yes, no. that was my yeah that that was my uh, uh that's where I first started training was that All Pro Wrestling, uh at, at the All Pro Wrestling warehouse gym uh and uh, my, my head trainer was Michael Modest, Uh But, you know, about, you know, that's when I first started wrestling. Uh, and I was just one style. It was just one style. It was all, you know, you know my favorite wrestler was Masawa. So I was just kind of wrestling like just like Masawa. No questions asked. Uh, just always being just that strong style. You know, suplex and strikes. And then um, pretty much what happened is uh, Gabe Vermeer started doing Lucha Libre. And I, I will admit it. I hated Lucha Libre when I first when I first saw it. <laughs> I thought it, I hated it. I'm like, what the heck? Like I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're just dancing around, they're not doing anything. You know, is, you know, they're they're taking they're taking you know power bombs and getting right back up. I'm like, I hated it. And then, you know, Gabe Bermeers, you know, he showed me like, you know what? There's good lucha libre and there's bad lucha libre. Let me show you this. And he started showing me uh like old school stuff and I loved it. I love, like, watching, like, Negro Navarro and Solar just, just sitting there and just grappling. And then once I got more, you know, when, once I realized that, hey, Lucha Libre is actually more of a shoot than any other type of wrestling. Uh, you know, it's more grappling. It's more hole-to-hole. It's more, you know, you know lock and key, like, you know, like, like how they say, like the Yaves. It's more, you know, it's way more physical and way more, uh like grappling than any other uh you know style that you you have there the problem is that you know just like anything you know it's indie wrestling indie lucha libre you know they think they can they can do it but you know it's it's just a couple of white guys with a bunch of masks but they're not really trained properly and you know some a lot of those people give lucha libre a bad a bad name but i fell in love with it so when gabriel maris he you know he was he started doing lucha libre with Pro Wrestling Revolution, I fell in love with that style. So, you know, I started going to his gym. And I started training. Uh, you know, Blue Demon Jr. was there a lot. And I would just, you know, and I would learn and I would, you know, go to shows. Uh, just wrestle as Vinny Massaro and just wrestle with a lot of the Lucha legends. And I just remember watching just, you know, being in awe of all those things, like Silver, watching Silver King and L.A. Park and, uh, you know, all those wrestlers and just loving everything about it. And then I just started going to in school and learning. And the more I learned, the more I realized, you know, lucha libre is is a lot more than just, you know, jumping and doing topes and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know.
4: Yeah, that I do know. Um, that's uh that's a question I was going to have for you. You've already started to touch on it. Um, the differences between lucha libre and the more traditional American style. If um, I mean if you want to talk a little more about that, also uh, how you incorporated that since you were already working by your own admission, a little more strong style, like how you incorporated the two together.
5: Yeah. So what I did, obviously, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fat dude. So I'm not going to be doing, doing springboards and jumping up and down and doing, you know, catching people in runners, but What I can do in Lucha Libre that people like Sky Day and Lady Apache taught me is that I can grab a hold of something and, you know, and wrap them up in a, you know, like octopus and, you know, and, you know, and doing, uh, doing, you know, just wrapping people up. I love that part of Lucha Libre, you know, I love grabbing an elbow and maneuvering the body of of another individual just by moving the wrist or moving the shoulder or moving anything. I love that part of uh, Lucha Libre. And you know, and the more I watched it, I started falling in love with people like Negro Navarro, like Solar, like Sky Day, like Lady Apache, like Grand Apache, uh, and just you know, more of that style. Uh, you know, obviously there's you know, you know, there's always cool moves and cool stuff like cool arm drags, but uh, I fell in love with more of that that style.
4: I am. I'm a hundred percent with you. I am. I'm a huge fan of watching the uh, the the keys and the and all the locks and and uh, seeing Negro Navarro comes up here a couple times a year to teach at our Luch Libre school and that is. Uh, I have I have gone out of my way to be at every show and every seminar when he's up here because of such a right. result of that. So that's that's awesome. Now, now don't
5: now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like I mean, when I see Phoenix and you know and Pentagon and, you know, and Ray Oris do those crazy things. I'm like, it's, an, it's amazing. It's an I'm in all of it. But the thing that I love about Lucha Libre is that it doesn't just, you know, it doesn't just start like that. You know, they go into it, they do locks, and, you know, it's two out of three. That's why I like the, you know, the older two out of three falls because they do tell a story. Uh, and then the more you look at it, the more you understand and appreciate the art of Lucha Libre. You understand that it's not just a guy – chopping each other for five minutes and then doing dives and then going home with whatever crazy powerbomb from the top rope.
3: How did your training throughout the years lead to you becoming a trainer?
5: Uh, pretty much, I just, you know, what it was is that uh, I think I, I loved just I didn't mind getting in the ring and just training with other people. So, like, I would, like, other wrestlers would come to me and go, hey, do you want to come on the weekends and just kind of walk around? And, you know, I I had a reputation when I first started out of uh, coming up with crazy moves. So, like, guys were like, hey, can you come on the weekends and just kind of help me and just help me come up with a move or help me perfect this one move that I thought of. So, you know, I guess just, you know, in pro wrestling, eventually just, you know, if you can, not everybody can – not the, the like the best wrestlers if you're a good wrestler it doesn't mean like hey you're gonna be a good trainer uh, sometimes people if you're a, a good wrestler and you can explain yourself to another individual that means you're a good trainer so I think that's the thing is that I can actually explain uh, I can explain the moves or or psychology or storyline of a match to another person and make it sense like I'm not just gonna because I think the, wh- what I learned is I'm not going to just go, go out and go, hey, here's the book. Here's what I need to teach you and go out there and do it. Like, it, you know, each individual is different. So I understand like, hey, what I teach you is going to be different to what I teach another person.
3: That's incredible. Um, and you helped train Kane Velasquez, right?
5: Right. Yeah, that was amazing. I, loved every, I lo- really love that part. Uh, I got a... You know, with Kevin Kleinrock and, uh, you know, Conan, when he was first starting out uh, with that AAA uh, six man, uh, Kevin, you know, because he lives in San Jose, he's pretty close to mm-hmm. us. So Kevin, re- Kevin reached out to uh, Conan and said, hey, I know a guy that can help him. And uh, it was really funny because when a Conan, you know, I, I've known Conan for a while and uh, Conan kind of, you know, Conan helped me get my Lucha Underground uh, job pretty much. So Conan's like, hey, listen, I need your help. Can you help me out? I'm like, no problem. I would love to. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just, the good thing about Kane is that, you know, what I can tell you about uh, instead of other people was that Kane loved wrestling. Kane loved lucha libre. So he really enjoyed his time training. Like he wanted to learn this move and you know this crazy. You know, like hey, I saw he was show me. You know, he you know like like a true luchador. He has WhatsApp. So. He would message me on WhatsApp and uh, send me a video of a of a of a move that he saw on like some old school Hill Santo or you know something that he saw. He's like, oh, can we learn that? Like, sure, no problem. So and then me as a trainer, I was like, okay, hey, we're gonna do this move like just like you show me, like just like you know, the video you showed me. But at the end, instead of a uh, a drag or instead of like a you know like a Rana, you're gonna do a you know like a single leg you know, pick up and slam the guy, or you're going to do like a, uh, like a Fujiwara armbar. So what, what I would do, I would have him do Lucha Libre, but then it would always end up into something, some kind of like MMA or shoot style move.
3: That's incredible. The, the blending. And do you think your strong style background helped you kind of train him that way since you already kind of had a, a more strike offense, Based moveset
5: Yeah, I think so, and I think the other thing that helped me out a lot was that I actually trained a few times for a few years. You know, when I was younger, I trained in MMA uh, just for fun, just because you know I wasn't going to fight or anything. But I uh, I trained at a gym down here in, uh, in in Oakdale, California, where I live near 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 where I live, uh, and I started training in Jitsu and muay thai. So I would explain to him, you know, hey, remember, you know how this system is? This? Well, we're gonna do this. So he knew, you know, when I, I would tell him things like, you know, t- you know, two on one, he would understand. And uh, you know, just I wasn't like, hey, this is lucha libre, this is how we do it. And he's like, well, what does that mean? I would I would kind of, you know, take examples from jujitsu or from MMA, and he would understand. You know, and the, and the other cool thing is that I come up with I would come up with moves uh, that would be like. You know, just like the Daniel Cormier driver uh, that he ended up using. Uh, you know, it's, like I have a finisher where it's like a, a single leg take that I know that I saw Daniel Cormier do uh, mm-hmm. when he fought in an MMA fight. And then you know, I showed I showed him. I showed uh, Kane, and he's like, "Oh, I loved it." And he started. And that was his. You know, that was the finish, the finishing move that he used on Tejana. So that was kind of cool.
3: That's awesome. Um. Were there any specific luchadors or any specific moves or finishes that he wanted to learn, like, specific things that he came into the training wanting to know?
5: Um. He, honestly, he was so happy. And so he, he has such a good, like, a love for lucha libre that he kind of wanted to learn the basic stuff, you know. Uh, you know, He like, he... I'm so glad he didn't want to come in and be like, "Hey, can, can I learn how to do a destroyer." And I was like, "No, you're not." Gonna, I'm not gonna teach you that. <laughs> That's a good teacher. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, it's so funny because like I had, you know, I I had two rules. I was like, you know, the first day I was like, you know, listen, I know I'm, I'm a, you know, i you know I know you're Campbell Velasquez, you're you're super famous, but I have two rules: no destroyers and no slapping the leg. And from <laughs> and he still to this day he still. He still he st- he still has that, so I'm really happy. And and he always and he always makes fun of me. He's like, Hey, I didn't slap your I slap the leg. I'm like, I appreciate you, I appreciate you a lot. But uh <laughs> no, he honestly he wants to learn a lot of like just you know, just I I know he liked a lot of Neil Mascaris and Gil Del Santo. He wants to learn a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, the a lot of the older stuff 'cause I think he I think, you know, he watched a lot of Luch Libre with his dad and you know, in the... Uh, uh, you know, so I think he's more of an old school guy. You know, he knew a couple of the new people, but not. I mean, you know, he didn't know. You know, he, he it was mainly it was a lot of the old stuff. So I would show him a lot of the arm, the arm drags and locks, and he, you know, obviously he loved because you know that you know that was a uh, you know that's the kind of stuff that he he knows how to do. But of course, Psycho Clown, you know, the first day he's in Mexico, Psycho Clown teaches him backflips and all the other <laughs> crap on my car. Right? <laughs>
3: That's
5: awesome. So what was
3: it like to be on Lucha Underground?
5: Oh uh any anytime was, anybody always asks me about Lucha Underground, it's always the same. It's it was the greatest uh, you know, basically everything you've ever heard about pro wrestling in, in you know in backstage and how everyone's cutthroat is mm-hmm. complete opposite. Everyone loved everyone. And I mean this. Oh, everybody cool. wanted everybody to succeed. Um, you know even me, like even just just you know little me i you know i 'm nowhere in the leagues of any of those guys, and they all wanted me to succeed and they all wanted me to have good matches and they all wanted me to shine, and they were all happy for me for you know, even like the few matches that I had you know that I, you know they all they are they're all really happy for me so yeah i I'll tell you one thing i did i definitely got a uh, uh, you know on the ground for me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> they, because uh, you know, it's, it's. I've never been anywhere else, like anywhere near like that. You know, where everyone's super nice and everyone wants you to succeed, and and, and everyone and you're just taken care of a hundred percent from the day you, from as soon as you you leave your house to you get back to your house, you're taken care of one hundred percent.
3: That's awesome. And so, Lucha Underground
2: helped. Really bring Lucha Libre to a more American audience, um, and and really, I mean, lots of fans miss it, and and it really left a profound legacy in such a short amount of time. What do you hope, you know, fans um, get out of you know rewatching Lucha Underground, or kind of just a legacy that it's it's left?
5: Um, honestly, I, I really hope they notice that you know they weren't afraid to take chances. Uh, You know, like, I mean, I know now everyone's like, oh, well, what do you mean take chances? You know, there's Andrade and there's, you know, Pentagons all over and Phoenix all over TV. Yeah, but five years ago, you know, if you didn't know how to speak English, you were never, ever going to be on national TV in America. It's just the way it was, you know what I mean? Like, they would have, hey, you're a good wrestler, but can you quickly learn how to speak English because we're not going to have you on TV unless, you know, you know, but now because of, I th- I personally think because of which on the Ground, because of people like Pentagon, people like Phoenix, that, you know, people like Drago, Aerostar, all these, you know, Mil Muertes, all these major stars that, you know, that didn't go on the camera and speak English, but they were major stars. Like Pentagon Jr., you know, major star in the United States. He never cut a promo, you know, like in broken English, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, he was, you know, and it was subtitles and he was, that was and that was his gimmick. It was you know didn't take all this you know before and like if you're a luchador and you got to WWE or WC you know and anywhere else you had to get uh you know you had to basically either you were stuck with all the other luchadors in like WCW just you know opening match of the yeah. luchadors or hey Rey Mysterio you're you're getting really good you're you know you're getting good traction you're getting popular take off your mask and start and speak English.
0: You know yeah. what I mean?
5: It's like nowadays, you go to you know, Andrade goes out there. That's how he is. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys don't have to lose their mask. They don't have to change their whole persona. So I think that's the part that I really enjoy. And the other thing is that I think you know, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't. They weren't a, like on the Ground took a lot of chances with storytelling and you know, <laughs> uh, which obviously. As you look at it right now in pro wrestling because of these empty arenas, there's a lot of storytelling. There's a lot of empty arena matches. And, you know, every, every everyone wants to be – now everyone wants to be the first to be like, oh, well, we invented this, we invented that. I don't – you know, I, who knows who invented the empty arena match. But I think, you know, Lucha Underground put it on national TV. And, they, you know, you know they had a match where it was Melissa Santos versus Katrina – you know, in outside of a ring, you know what I mean? And it was a cinematic match, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't remember, you know what I mean? I know everyone wants to talk about Matt Hardy and all this, but I think Lucha Underground was one of the first ones that, to do it, and do it very well.
3: That's
4: awesome. Um, I I feel like the, the publicity around the, the Matt Hardy matches in particular, everybody compares it to what they saw in Lucha Underground, so... I definitely think that uh, that is something that that your group led the the way on, and thank you for uh, putting a lot of that effort and creativity into that, even though I know you're going to say that you probably only had a tiny part to do with it.
5: Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, I would love to say that, like, oh, I was, you know, I I will, even the littlest part, even just me, you know, like, like, I know in pro wrestling, everyone's like, oh, well, if you're not a WWE champion or if you're not in the main event, you're nothing. I go, to me, I take pride to to know that I was one of, like, well, I was the, the second person or third person to get their arm broken by Pentagon. And, you know, what it's like, well, what the heck? Why would you proud of that? I said, well, I helped make that character what is you know, what it is. You know what I mean? You know, Pentagon, you know, became that person because he broke all those, you know, because he broke my arm and broke other people's arms. Um, You know what I mean? And it's, you know, honestly, it's a lot has to do with the writers is because, you know, a lot of, you know, right now it's a lot of WWE writers or any kind of writers like, Hey, let's put this guy. He's hot. Let's put him in the number one main event match. And, you know, and whatever, let's just put him in the belt right, right away. Well, Lucha on the ground, they're like, Hey, we have this really hot guy. Let's have him, you know, let's have him beat a no-name person and break their arm in a minute, and then What? happens? Well, okay, okay, he's getting a lot of press. What do we do next week? Do the same thing. And they built him, They built it. They built it. Like I mean, look what they did with uh, Matanza. They didn't
0: use,
5: you know, they didn't use him for like a whole season until the finally the second season when he first comes out. That's why it was such a huge pop. It's because of it was it's storytelling. You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean yes, I would love to say. I'm, I'm just pr- I'm I'm just proud of my own little moment. You know what I mean? It's like if you look at The Sopranos, not everybody can be Tony Soprano. You gotta have little. Everyone has little, you know, characters and like everyone like. Oh, I love The Sopranos, you know, you know, you know, TV show. Well, okay, you love Tony Soprano. You love all these little, you know, you love all the characters that are involved. Even the even the ones that you there's one or two episodes, you love those people. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very, very uh, good point about, it. I mean,
5: it, it, wrestling and
2: um, especially in the context of like a Lucha underground was also a show um, that had storylines that was driven by what was happening. So um, everyone really did have a, a role to play. Um, and in that particular environment, every character, um, you know, had, had, Something to contribute to the overall show, and um, in, in a lot of different capacities. So you make a really uh, outstanding point about that.
5: Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> put put that put put that on on a, on a sound wave. I want to hear that more than once. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We will make sure you get a recording of this show. experience in lucha underground um, training king velasquez and setting the record straight that uh ultimo panda um, can be kind of a jerk which you know it's...
5: he's uh, a,
2: a, a dick wow yeah. you heard it here first <laughs> everyone <laughs> exclusive ultimo panda is kind of a dick um kind of
3: you run that back Miranda I didn't catch all that
2: Uh, I was going to ask where can people find Vinny on social media
5: oh I am on Twitter as snoring elbow uh, and then I'm on Instagram as Vinny Massaro but obviously Twitter is better because uh, I can just you know post funny stuff Instagram I'm not an Instagram model so I can't post a bunch of pictures of myself so I'm I'm way more I'm I'm way, I'm way more uh, busy on on Twitter because I have I'm hilarious. <laughs> Ask your friends.
4: it's it's true. I already follow you on Twitter and you are hilarious. You are some of the, the best you. parts of my morning. Bless you.
5: I think I think what happens when, when you when you reach a certain stage in your life you just don't give a shit no more. So you're just like you know what I'm gonna tweet this out and not, and not care if I don't get a job somewhere else. And then that's pretty much where I'm at. hey you know what
2: it's it's the only way to live life right now you know you never you never know so you might as well uh spend
5: it by saying saying what you think and the best part i will never ever tweet something and say that it was my gimmick or because i'm a heel and if you don't like it it's because you like other wrestlers do which is (laughs) which is ridiculous by the way
2: (laughs) well We would love to have you back on for a lot of other points of conversation. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to follow Vinny Massaro on social media. Um, Thank you so much for your time, Vinny.
5: Thank you. And don't, whatever you do, do not follow at Otomo underscore panda because he's a dick.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you have it. All right, Vinny, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks. bye all right man the, the news that we get from our exclusive interviews
0: <laughs> on the i would not have guessed
2: that was... right yeah. i would have not guessed <laughs> Ultimo panda kind of a dick but you know what
0: <laughs> you we heard it we time. heard
2: it from his handler the person that had to take care of him so you know yeah. i'm kind of inclined to believe him Um, Well, you know, before we get into more news, let's kick it to Denise Salcedo with this week's
1: Lucha Central Central. Hey, everyone. Denise Salcedo coming to you from Lucha Central Central. This is an exciting week as we launch the Lucha Central Podcast Network, your brand-new source for the best podcasts covering Lucha Libre in both English and Spanish. And with so many formats, we've got something for everyone. Launching this week are our flagship show, Lucha Central Weekly. We've got an edition in English and one in Spanish. And the Lucha Central Weekly podcast will drop every Friday morning, taking a look back in the week that was and setting you up for everything you need to know heading into the weekend. Thursdays, we will be bringing you a bilingual double dose of podcasts. Directamente from Mexico, and in español is La Mesa de los Margaros, the most unique lucha-centric podcast of its kind. It may sound like a joke. A doctor, a photographer, a lucha host, a dancer, and the referee walk into a podcast. But what it really is, is one heck of a good time when they all get around a virtual table and talk lucha libre and much more. And on Thursdays in English, Northern California lucha star, self-proclaimed king fat boy Papa Esco host, Straight Out of the Bodega, where he and his co-host and guests talk about the independent wrestling scene in Northern California and way beyond. The Lucha Central Podcast Network is not only going to be bringing you weekly shows with diverse formats, but we've got an awesome array of monthly series coming your way as well. These shows will launch Mondays and Tuesdays on the network, and you can find the very first one There, right now. The Lucha Libre Figures and Facts Podcast takes listeners inside the world of pro wrestling action figures like never before. As hosts Scott and Jeff Toon from the Fully Posable Figure Podcast are joined by toy designer and executive Eric Arana of Boss Fight Studio and special guests to take a look at the release of classic Lucha associated action figures and talk about the moment in history in the star's career that the toy captures. An inside look into the figure itself and exploration into the collectability and value, along with some really fun stories about the host's personal chases of some of these figures for their own collection. Episode 1 is looking to be available on Tuesday, May 12th. And next Monday, May 18th, look for the debut episode of The Masked Task with Dos Hermanos Lucha. Whether you have always wanted to get into collecting lucha libre masks and never really had an idea how to go about starting your collection, or you're a longtime collector who loves hearing stories of how others have built their impressive collections, the mask cast is for you. On the Premiere episode, get to know Dos Hermanos Lucha and hear about their start in collecting, the differences and types of lucha masks and some of their tips for authenticating when someone claims a mask was ring-worn. Future episodes will feature conversations with other collectors, mask makers, and Lucha stars themselves. And this is just one week of the Lucha Central Podcast Network. We've got even more shows, exciting formats, and incredibly fun topics coming your way. So be sure to subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network on your favorite podcast platform, We've launched on a ton of them this week, and you can count on us being on all the majors very shortly. And be sure to follow at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter to stay up on everything on the daily. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. But next week, I'll be back to update you not only on the podcast dropping, but to fill you in on the upcoming Lucha Central Gaming Network and Lucha Central Report TV series as well. Have a great week.
3: All right. That was Denise Alcedo with this week's Lucha Central Central. This week we had the finals of the AAA Lucha Fighter Tournament. And as always, listeners can always watch all of the past episodes of Lucha Fighter on LuchaCentral.com and on the Lucha Central Facebook page. Um, The first match we had Dynastia defeating Laredo Boy. This was a really well-paced, nice opening match. Nothing too fast, too showy. Um... Throughout the duration of the match, I kind of expected to see Laredo Boy get the win, even though I thought Dynastia had the better charisma last time. But he pulled it off at the end, and I think with his charisma that Dynastia is on the way up soon. Psycho Clown defeated Chessman. Chessman looked great in this match. And I'll admit, I wanted Psycho Clown versus Pentagon for the final because that plays into my interest the most. But I found myself rooting for Chessman several times in the match, and at several of the near falls, that looked so good, I thought that he was going to take it. Um, this match had the cookie sheets that all AAA fans know and love. Um, sometimes, two at a time, they doubled them up a few times. Cycle um, Clown had an amazing flip dive off the top turnbuckle, and this was a really great match that set up the finals. And then the next match... <laughs> was pentagon jr defeating la park um this was another match where i had a winner i wanted ahead of time just to see the psycho clown versus pentagon final but this was still a match i was pretty excited about (laughs) and uh it it got weird it started off with some early rudo antics from la park i mean he was really kind of dominating pentagon he whipped him with the belt he i mean it it got kind of strange and I know we've touched on the triple-A reps before in the MLW series, but this kind of ref interference was pretty new. Piero was, uh, they were—they kind of hugged. And, I mean, Piero, the ref, and L.A. Park were definitely buddies. And uh, we got some brawling in Matt Base Lucha, but all in all, I felt like it was very lacking compared to some of their earlier matches. Um, maybe it was because of the lack of the crowd, and they didn't, react but i wasn't feeling this match like i expected to um the rudo work and of course the dirty ref pierro he he gave me the feeling la park was going to win but by the time pentagon got his mojo going i didn't care about the confusing ref turn at the end i was just ready for the next match and the next match was amazing Lady Shawnee defeated Hydra. I had a feeling that we'd see Lady Shawnee win as soon as we came out. Her body language was so confident and assured. Uh, she came out and dominated early. There was that big kick to the head, and she wrestled smart the whole time. She conserved her energy with rope breaks um, instead of the kick out. She, there was later she used the rope to break up a knee to the neck. Um, there were several falls where I thought she had won more than once, and, uh, but after a series of near falls, she won with a submission move, and this was a real highlight of the tournament for me uh, at a whole, and it was great for the next-to-last match. Uh, The main event was one I wanted so badly. I mean, like if I had done a dream bracket, this would have been my final, but I never really expected it to happen because of some of the names involved. But we got Pentagon Pentagon Jr. against Psycho Clown. And I know I've mentioned the body language a lot the last couple weeks, but it really felt like this entire tournament, along with using the Pentagon Jr. name, That Pentagon really returned to the mannerisms and the more self-assured confidence we saw in Lucha Underground, and he was back to that character. And that's kind of what I was excited about for this, because it put the star of Lucha Underground up against the star of AAA with Psycho Clown. And it started out rapidly. Both guys tried to take advantage of the fatigue and pain from the earlier matches in the night and tried to score early pinfalls. And they really matched each other move for move. But everything felt like a big deal in this match. And it was the match of the night for me, easily. Um, There were more cookie sheets, lots of Cerro Miedo. Um, It ended perfectly with Pentagon beating Psycho Clown in a surprise for me. I'm um, getting a picture-perfect armbar finish, and my son Poncho, that was his favorite moment because the arm breaker looked so mean and fluid and perfect. And um, this was really an amazing match. I can't wait to see these guys on a grand stage like Triple Mania in front of the friend in front of all the fans. Um, they're obviously the stars, and like now and the immediate future of Lucha Libre. And I think that getting them in front of a crowd can only heighten and add to the moments of what they're capable of.
4: Yeah, that was uh, definitely match of the night for me as well. I uh, really enjoyed the, uh, the dynamic there with uh, Pentagon being the Pentagon of old versus the Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
4: psycho clown that you, you, you know, and either, either love or, or love to hate depending on Mm -hmm. where you are in the psycho clown fandom. Uh, but it it worked really well for me. Uh, the, the finish was so good. And I was so emotionally invested by the time they got to the finish that I actually was, uh, trying to cheer, uh, despite the awkwardness of Psycho Clown constantly trying to start chants during that whole match.
2: <laughs> but he's yeah. been doing that, I mean, for, for throughout the week, I'll, you I'll know, Psycho, Psycho, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just what he does. I, get, I think it's just like, you just get so used to doing it, whether there's people in the room or not, because yeah. uh, that becomes part of, of the actual wrestling. Yeah. But I did love how Pentagon Pentagon just teased him, you know, with that Mm -hmm. um, and mocked him um, because that played exactly into what Dusty was saying, that that Rudo, that that heel of old. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the funny things, I mean, that's the thing about Pentagon is that he um, is, is pure... Heel, but he does things that make you laugh. Um, one of my favorite spots was when he was looking at his reflection in the cookie sheet, and it was just this all sense oh, yeah. up spray pan, and I was like, oh, well, that kind of looks like him already. So <laughs> just those, the nuances, he's incredibly smart when it comes just to the nuances uh, of his character, and and Vinny, also, I mean, talked about that earlier, about, you know, you don't have to cut a promo, you don't, he didn't have to do a lot of things to get over. There's other aspects beyond his wrestling that he does um, in the way that he moves and uh, in, in the way that he um, really pushes that, that, that brutal side um, in order to make fans, you know, n- not like him.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's the, one of the best at it. Uh, speaking of making fans not like him, I am want to cut back to something you were talking about earlier in the night, the, uh, the referee, situation mm-hmm. uh, for the many years for many many years, you had uh Gio de detarantes being the heel ref uh being very over to the point now where I believe he's still feuding with people in the the women's and and mini's divisions. Uh, but he's transitioning more to being a wrestler now because nobody trusts him as a, as a referee. So it was refreshing to see them bring that back, that idea back, with a different person.
3: Yeah, it was really fun,
4: and it was something that we don't see a whole lot of.
3: I haven't seen that level of interference in a match in a long time, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was a uh, unpredictable, and and it made a surprise for Pentagon to win for sure. But I think it would wear on me with enough time, you know. I mean, like if you sparingly, it's awesome. If you used it all the time, it would be
4: awful. And, and I felt like that's yes. that's kind of why it's refreshing again because they've mm-hmm. laid exactly. off of it for a while.
2: Yeah. yeah, and you and you have to look at who the match was. It was LA Park and Pentagon. You know, you kind of went in, it was, c- kind of knowing that there wasn't it wasn't going to be clean cut.
4: Yeah, it was going to be dirty trick after dirty trick. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, it, you know, but that it, it was entertaining. I, I totally agree that used sparingly in any situation with, you know, for wrestling lucha libre, whatever you're doing, you know, the the more sparingly that it's used, the more effective it's going to be. um This was really the first case that we had seen it within the lucha fighter tournament. So, and I'm glad they waited till the end to do it, and not and not early on, and if. You know, they saved it for this match because you know, again, you knew there was some expectation that something was going to happen, but you didn't know quite what until it was happening. So, I do like how they waited till the end uh, of the the series to do this, or towards the end, um, because then that way you just you you were still left wondering what was going to happen.
5: Absolutely,
4: that's uh, also one of the the neat things about this is we've been monitor we've been watching and reviewing each episode it, at least in our personal chats if not on the the podcast itself and each one has successfully built on the last and built up the ramped up the action so waiting until the last mm-hmm. moment really did make that moment more effective it also made each of these uh, other matches like there was more of an atmosphere of i can't wait to see what the next one's going to do to top the last one and from not just from uh, match to match on this one but from show to show from week to week
2: Totally agreed. And Dusty made a good point, too, about the women's final with Lady Shawnee and La Hydra. Absolutely. That was uh, the best match, I think, uh, of the women's division of the entire series. Um, And Lady Shawnee just looked amazing um, throughout the the entire match. And and La Hydra did, too. Um, She came out really uh, aggressive. She came out um, just, you know, Knowing that she was going to have to be aggressive in order to combat Lady Shani, um, and that that submission at the end too, the way that she folded her arms, kind of just knowing like I got this in the bag, that kind of body language to me, um, I really liked seeing from Lady Shani because I mean both are are really talented great uh luchadores but at the same time um again to me the little nuances with body language um always helps sell what's happening in the ring
4: uh, this is another one where they did some fun things with that if the first week of the series the ladies, all the ladies came out and the, the story was interference in the ladies matches and this one was all physical all physical like they were they were from the moment it started all the way through. And like you said, the body language and confidence really sold the finish on it. Um, if, if this was not on the same card as a basic dream match with Pentagon and Psycho <laughs> clown, this would have been the match of the night for me. It was oh, that yeah. good. And, and they are both top notch uh, wrestlers that, that deserve to have that, that spotlight on them.
0: Come yeah. On, that
4: that match
3: was a real highlight to me and I wondered if they had gone into it looking to try to show everybody up and show everybody what they could do because I think a women's title match will be in the future. And there's kind of a rumored or delayed match between Lady Shawnee and Taya and I would love to see that now because of Lady Shawnee's physicality and her intensity. I think it would be incredible up against Taya's you know, muscular style and her ability. I think that's going to be a heck of a matchup.
2: Yeah, I believe commentary uh, talked about that at the end uh, of the match, alluded to that that she could be a contender um, for for Taya. So I w- I don't think they would have mentioned it if there wasn't some kind of plan, planning some seats. Who knows how far in the future because of you know COVID currently, but
0: really.
4: Well yeah so we don't know what the timeline on that will look like but uh clearly like you said they're going to be uh moving towards that they're also going to uh, uh as a do what they need to do to make it happen uh, the good news is it looks like uh matches will be able to be held somewhere this format uh this format definitely did uh did work well and they were able to find a way to make it work in the current crisis. So I have confidence they will find some way of, of continuing to, to make the product work uh, as we move forward.
2: Yeah. I they agree. made some really smart decisions through this, this uh, whole tournament. A actually had
3: some of the best decisions throughout the, the way they showed the cleaning of the ropes, the amount of crowd noise that they used, Um, I thought AEW was brilliant putting the other wrestlers in the crowd but that was the only thing AAA didn't do that I I thought was great but otherwise I thought they had the smartest production of any of the empty arena matches
2: and they kept the matches fairly short and I know that's something Mm -hmm. that in, in the booking process was intentional uh, because they didn't want matches to drag on that long but they also had uh, to my understanding they they had to keep only, they only were able to have a certain amount of people in the building at a time um, so in order to keep the flow going you couldn't have these long matches you kind of had to, to keep a, uh, a flow of people in and out in order to maintain the, the proper capacity but even then uh, I nothing felt like it dragged on too long it was just about the right amount of time to keep your attention
3: i thought so too i thought they were perfectly timed each match was easily digestible Um, even if you couldn't catch the whole show you could sit down and watch a match in 10 minutes while you ate your cereal in the morning and that made it awesome to kind of build up until you could catch the whole show i really enjoyed
4: it it was a very good series, uh, and uh, like I said before, I'm looking forward to seeing what they will do. Uh, let's uh, shift gears now, though, and look at the last week of what uh, MLW was doing. Now, they are still, uh, uh, pardon me, they're still working with uh, pre tape matches that happened before everything was shut down. This was the last week of the Uh, Super Series where they were going head-to-head with Triple-A, although they have dropped several hints that they would like to do more of this series and that uh, maybe other federations could be involved in future series as well, so keep an ear open for that. But this one uh, was one match, and it was a long, great match. It was uh, Mm -hmm. L.A. Parks, La Family Real versus the team of Psycho Clown, Sicosis and Nino Amberguesa. Uh, uh, this is, for those that aren't familiar, uh, this is the original WCW Sicosis, not, uh, not any of the other people there. He is also known by Nicho El Millionero. Um, and so it added a nice level of, uh, of uh, legend versus legend, where you had L.A. Park and Sicosis in the ring at, at the same time. Um, I suppose I should mention who actually won. Uh, the, the Park family did win. Yes. Uh, I don't even remember what the finish was anymore because it no. was such an insane match.
2: That <laughs> match, yeah. I think that was just the one thing as we were talking offline about. It was um, just that match was insane.
4: Yeah, I think that the
3: ending was like after Pagano ran in and distracted everybody. Didn't
2: Yes, he did. Yeah.
3: I think it was right after Pagano's distraction. I actually couldn't mm-hmm. remember Like, I don't remember the finishing move or anything. There was just so no. much going on.
4: Exactly. Like, there was so much. And I didn't even, uh, when I, I watch a match and I will take notes, and I was just so shocked by the the ending after all of the madness that had happened partway through, uh, you know, that I didn't even write down what the actual finish was. I just kind of... Uh, sat there and, and watched uh, no. events unfold instead.
2: I don't think anyone wants to see my notes because it's random words jotted down regarding <laughs> using two parts of a table, a tiny table, um, yeah, going into the I crowd, Nino and Burguesa getting it. Um, a quote directly from the commentators of a move, like, I guess it was, um, I don't know if it was uh, L.A. Park Jr. or Hole who uh, was sitting, who was down in one of the turnbuckles and had a chair right between his legs.
3: Yeah, it was E-Ho Del LA Park. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and, and as far as the move that the commentary used to describe that chair going in between his legs, um, I'm only repeating what commentary said. Uh, again, I'm we're still trying to figure out what kind of language we can use on this podcast, but uh, the word paint center uh, became a thing. Thank uh, <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah. that, that's my note. Yeah,
4: that was, that that was, uh, well, yeah, you covered the, uh, the, the, the banquet round table that they got in there. Uh, yeah. first off, uh, if you ever want to uh, ever have any doubt that LA Park is a giant human being, the fact that he <laughs> could carry that table around so easily and use it with such ease. Uh, I mean, I I used to do that for a living, and I could not one hand carry that around and use it as a weapon the way that he did.
3: Oh, he just looks humongous, too, when he does it.
2: Oh, and that table gave no no way. I mean, that, you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, Nino,
0: you, Nino bounced yeah.
2: off he the bounced. table.
0: <laughs>
2: that, that was not... He a, that was a work table. That's literally a work. There's that nothing to shoot about that. <laughs>
4: no. He probably, as the commentator said, he probably just grabbed it from a VIP section, and the, they had like five seconds to grab their drinks, or they were going with. <laughs>
2: yeah. It was insane, but the crowd seemed to love it. I mean, this was something yeah, they used really be oh, anticipating.
4: They were absolutely all over it, and they they were cheering for both sides at, at most points, but they definitely were much more on the time, the the side of Psycho Clown and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Psychosis. I mean, I, I mentioned last week about Ijo Del being an MVP because he was featured on, on both shows. I mean, I think this was a great week for exposure, at least for Psycho Clowns, um, being in the finals yeah. of the Lucha Fighter Tournament and in this kind of main final uh, show for the, the Super Series. Um, it's very obvious that he is really being looked at as the next big top face um, in, in Mexico. So I think this was a great week for, of exposure for him.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, and then he, uh, has still got his uh, series that he's doing on MLW as well.
2: This was a it, it, overall really enter, really entertaining week. Uh, you know, you did we did mention Pagano. He had a, a segment, um, really just doing a promo in there. So there was uh, you could have guessed that he was going to get involved in the main event as, as well, um, and maybe some more long term plans for him. I'm not sure. I thought that was that was interesting as far as yeah, um, you know, the too. way they set the promo and, and to also. Um, him getting involved in, in, in the last few uh, minutes of the match.
4: So, uh, MLW has been promoting him as having regular upcoming appearances on their programming. So I, that is probably very much what the plan is. That is to have Mm -hmm. him feuding with, uh, with the, the LA park family for a while and, uh, maybe, uh, maybe work from there.
3: It'd be interesting.
4: I was really impressed with Eo Del La
3: Park with this match. I thought he really had a lot of charisma and like his command to the ring. And I think he's going to be a pretty good star. I mean, I think he's going to be the the next Park family star. He just did. You guys notice that he just had something about him in the ring that a lot of people don't have. And even when he took that chair spot, I thought that he really, you know, like the way he sold it and the way he reacted, I just thought everything he did looked big time and really effortless.
4: Yeah. He's been, he's definitely got that same thing we were talking about with Pentagon and the same thing that LA Park has. He's got uh, a presence about him that is, uh, It's probably bigger than his actual ability at the moment. Mm,
2: Very good point. Very good point. Um, Well, with the uh, end of the the Super Series with AAA um, and MLW, we also had a big WWE event that occurred this past Sunday, uh, Money in the Bank which was held kind of in a mix of locations. You had it uh, at the Performance Center aspects of it, um, but then you had the actual Money in the Bank ladder match happening at Titan Towers' WWE headquarters. Um, Going over this briefly, because also a surprise, this pay-per-view was only two and a half hours. I was shocked at how short this event was compared to everything else that they produced. This was shorter than an episode of Raw.
4: Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it felt good as a result. I I still feel like three hours is too long for a regular weekly show and having a nice quick event uh, where you still want more, but you feel satisfied at the end is really the best way to do a pay-per-view.
3: Yeah, it takes out a lot of filler and a lot of the, the stuff that you don't enjoy. And it sure made it, I don't know, it made it a little tighter and the whole thing felt like it was more flow like the flow was more dynamic
0: mm-hmm. and
3: yeah, it just felt like a better pay-per-view than we're used to lately.
2: Yeah, I, I totally, I was very happy with it. Um, even though I missed parts of it cause I didn't realize it was going to be so short, um, but you know, that's what, that's what the network is for. Um, two main aspects re- regarding social and money in the bank Um, We had a fatal four-way match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You had New Day uh, versus Miz and Morrison versus the Forgotten Sons uh, versus Lucha House Party, represented by Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik. Yeah, I mean, like, this was a fun match. And I do think because, I mean, we've already seen ladder matches without an audience, and that's one aspect that, that, you know, it kind of loses its aura in a ladder match when you don't have an audience to have the oohs and aahs, uh, I'm not, sorry, not a ladder match, um, but uh, I was just thinking about the money in the bank portion, but this was just a, a four-way, um, just really entertaining, really fast-paced, um, and it, it did, uh, uh, And I really like some of the spots, especially Grand Metalik. I thought he actually was, was fantastic in this match.
4: Oh, he absolutely. Was. He came out looking like a star in this. That is a, one of the first notes I've got is he's he's looking mm-hmm. great this whole time. Uh, he, I, I mentioned previously that I'm a big fan of his, so uh, there's probably some people that aren't surprised that I, I felt that way. But also, we talked about how little presence they had previously, and they got to be in this match, and not just in this match, but they were the heart of the match. They didn't come out winners, but they were doing the majority of the, the work when there was a, a big spot to be had or some transition was going on. They were involved in all the aspects of it.
3: They were. They got cheated a little on their entrance. They cut away during the entrance for Lucha House Party and not for anybody else. Um, Lindsay, had had, Lindsay had had that twitch stream where he had made his gear the mask was made by sancho jr but he made the gear the tommy oliver white ranger gear and i thought he looked incredible grand Lee had the dude inspired cut to his mask it looked incredible i thought that it said a lot that they got to start out the match he and kofi um they got so many you know like big spots they work lucha house party works incredibly well with Miz and morrison um, yes like, they just look so good. And that flip that Metalik and Morrison had together off the top rope onto the teams down below, that was incredible.
2: Yeah. And I thought it
3: was the best that Lucha House Parties looked in a long time
2: absolutely agree and of course I mean it's, it's John Morrison you know I mean he could do it mm-hmm. all I, I think that, that chemistry is very obvious he's he's very familiar with lucha style and high flying and he can do it with ease and so uh, I'm also glad that he had that that opportunity to, to really showcase his talent I know commentary had, had mentioned I mean he's looking the best he had now than in his original run and I absolutely agree that with that but a lot of it is because he yeah. diversified himself as a, as a wrestler and the time with you know not only popular you know uh, lucha libre uh, promotions like a lucha underground, but also time in Mexico, time all over the world, you can see he picked up pieces uh, of, of lucha libre and just other forms of, of wrestling. <laughs> now that mm-hmm. he's incorporated in, into um, his his wrestling now in WWE, and it absolutely shows. But I, I also agree. This was the, the best that lucha underground has looked in a long time.
0: I'm sorry, Lucha
4: uh, Health party. Yes. Which, yeah. I I uh, I did have a thought on that too. That uh, what we were watching, even though he was billed as uh, John Morrison, that's not the John Morrison we saw before. That was very much <laughs> Johnny Mundo. Yep. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, not just because it's the he was closer to the personality that we saw there, but because he has, uh, to your point, he's been all around the world, and and that is what he's trying to say with that name.
2: Mm-hmm. Absol- absolutely And then we had the actual money in the bank Ladder match cause I keep confusing words uh, Now now we're back on the straight path Of the actual match That featured Rey Mysterio um, I mean the two big things that came out of it From here is that he was put in uh, What a sleeper hold by Shayna Baszler And he yeah. May I mean he didn't fall off The entirety of the building But he got thrown off a level of the building <laughs>
3: It was awesome when it happened, but he was back the next night on Raw to congratulate Becky Lynch on her pregnancy, so there was no long-term story there, unfortunately.
4: Well, they still did an injury thing after that. Um, there yeah. was a great little graphic that somebody did, where and I just retweeted it. with uh, It's been a bad week for Ray because they showed the first clip of... Uh, the, 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 of him getting not just put in the sleeper hold, but then he got sandwiched by two of the biggest guys in that match while he was being released from the sleeper hold. Then he, you have the scene where he quite possibly would have been murdered if we, he hadn't come back on Monday, and then you have him getting uh, ran, getting absolutely wrecked on Monday uh, after the match was over from a very upset Seth Rollins.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, we were talking about, you know, his, his potential of uh, if he was going to renew his contract or not. And one of the things that we talked about was this match being an opportunity to showcase him and even possibly winning. Um, but instead, he just got beat up uh, for almost a full day straight. Yeah. <laughs> that, you yeah. know, that, that doesn't
0: know. the
4: whole thing.
2: Yeah. So, I, 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 I mean, do who feel who like
4: that... It, I I do feel like that it showcased Ray's ability to make other people look really good. Like there was no point in any of those spots where, where uh, you felt like this was fake or that, that, uh, I mean, it was a ridiculous thing to watch. I mean, sure him being sandwiched between two massive human beings seems awkward, but he still made it look good. And, uh, and, and, you know, and he took, he went off that uh, building like a champ. So, um, good on him on all of that and uh, maybe that's where he's thinking his role is going to be is he's going to be the the star maker now he's going to have the big name and help the next generation of people go
3: and that's honestly a great spot for him right now
2: yeah i I think you 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 brought that up um uh, I believe last week about the possibility if he's just a trainer. I mean, anyone who decides to, to utilize his skill as a trainer, especially with, uh, you know, the Performance Center, um, you know, he he would be a fantastic trainer and teacher, but, you know, just what he did um, both uh, on Sunday and Monday, you know, utilizing his skill to put people over is so undervalued. And I think fans get so hyped up in, you know, he's he's a living legend. He's been wrestling for years. And and, um, when you hear rumors about a contract expiring, thinking, you know, what are they going to do to keep him and elevate him? But it's also, you know, something to note about him and his career that it isn't just about, you know, wins and high spots and championships. It's, you know, what you give in your performance and how you can help other performers be stronger and get over
4: Yeah, I, I think that's a great look on him, and it's uh, absolutely. we were also talking about him being uh, a next-level trainer if he decides to do that, and that's a thing that he could still do at the same time. So uh, I hope that that is what we're going to see from him if they continue to work with him in the WWE. As much as I want to see him in the main event and win more titles, I really appreciate that he is unique and that he can help somebody else look Phenomenal, and we can actually maybe see an Andrade or someone else really elevated by his skill to do that.
2: Totally agreed.
4: Yeah, I
3: agree as well. I think that uh, as far as training goes, the top is the limit for Rey Mysterio because he changed the game in Lucha Libre, and I think he could change the game in training.
4: Absolutely. All right, uh, I'm going to slow us down for just a second here. We are going to cover uh, a little more sensitive of a news story. Um, Alberto Del Rio uh, was arrested. I'm just going to read the statement, and we will go from there. Uh, Former Lucha star and WWE performer Alberto Del Rio, also known as Dos Caras Jr., was arrested last Saturday in San Antonio on sexual assault charges. The victim's claims are... Very graphic and troubling, and as such, I don't feel comfortable commenting on those details. Del Rio was released at, on a $50,000 bond on Sunday. He will, of course, return to court. Uh, the story is a difficult one and not something that uh, I really think we need to be uh, discussing or disseminating. It's The facts speak for themselves on this. Uh, the information is available if people really want those more details. Um, at that, at this point, I would like to just do a quick read of a commercial and then we can get back to having fun and doing good Lucha stories for you. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voice heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in, the, in all the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free. LuchaCentral.com your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And we can throw it over to, I believe, Dusty was going to talk about something next.
3: Okay. Uh, We have This Week in Lucha Libre. Um, Every day, I believe, at LuchaCentral.com, we have a topic, This Day in Lucha Libre, and each week we kind of pick a story that interests us the most in the history of Lucha Libre. And I actually went ahead and checked a few weeks ago, thanks to my Legends of Lucha Libre calendar by Masked Republic. And last week, we kind of had a story about the anniversary of the formation of AAA. And I ended up watching a lot of the first year of shows as part of my research on AAA. And so I, the 17th, which is tomorrow as we record this, is the anniversary of AAA's first show. So I went back and watched that. And A's formation was unique because they were formed in like conjunction with the television station in Mexico. So they had immediate television presence, like huge television presence. And the main event was a big match. A Paraguayo, Mascara Sagrada and Del Fantasma in a three falls match against Los Hermanos Dinimitas. But I I really recommend this match for historical context as a, you know, like the first AAA main event, um, as an actual Lucha Libre match, it's a little bit lacking. Um, the Technicos got the first pin and the, um, Rudos, they, there was a, like an interference and a foul and the, they gave the second pin, second fall to the Technicos. And then the Rudos decided they just wanted to do the uh like grab chairs and hit the technicos thing, which is very triple A, so they were disqualified at the end. The Technicos won. Um, it's excellent to check out as part of the Triple A history. I found it on YouTube by checking out Triple A May ninety two. That helped me find it. Um and I highly recommend checking out that first year of AAA. It was really exciting, and you can still see its influence in wrestling and Lucha Libre today.
4: Yeah, uh, early AAA is very exciting stuff to watch. Um, I am currently on a a more of a role of trying to catch older CMLL matches because Mm -hmm. not a lot of that was broadcast in the United States. It was a lot harder to get, so...
3: Exactly.
4: Uh, I, I, uh, I found uh, the match. They had a 2006 match, which is not super early, but it was, it's was got a nice historical feel to it, with uh, Black Warrior winning the NWA World Middleweight Championship from Mystico. Um, and it has all of the uh, the classic CMLL feel. There's big pageantry when it happens. It's a two-out-of-three-falls match that, of course, goes to the third fall. Uh, you have... You have the ring filled with people and belts at the beginning. Uh, you have cornermen for both, and and uh, even Kemenito uh, at ringside. And if you haven't seen a match with a furry monkey man uh, at ringside, then you just Berkowitz haven't lived yet.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Lucha libre, what um, a
2: sport!
4: Right i i love this match uh I, I the only thing wrong with it for me was the wrong person won. in my in my personal view i'm a big mystico fan but uh mm-hmm. you know that is what we're here for uh, It i was there for us to see uh, black warrior who also has a very good career uh and worth watching a lot of his matches had a had a great match and wound up coming coming out with the third fall on that which uh believe was a submission win even Interesting. Huh. I i'll check
2: that
4: out yeah I have to yeah check it's it uh down. links are all up on the on the website so please do go check it out it's a good one hmm.
2: For my day in Lucha Libre history, I went in a slightly different direction. I did not watch this match because I wasn't able to find it. Maybe once I talk about it, you gentlemen can help guide me in the right direction. Um, I actually was influenced by this um, based off of this week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring that covered the story of the Road Warriors. And on May 11th, uh, Animal a warrior and power warrior won the uwa the universal wrestling association tag team championships after beating los cerros del mar uh, damian 666 and el delibre dragon mania three in uh arena mexico in mexico city um i was interested in this after learning more about uh the uh, Hellraisers period um, with uh, Road Warrior Animal going in a different direction um, in both times. So right after they left, he left the, the WWF, uh, going to Japan and and starting the Hellraisers there uh, with Sasaki. Um, And then in 2008, when this happened, as far as winning the titles, this was kind of another iteration of of the Hell Warriors. So I just kind of caught my attention based off of what I learned in uh, the Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode, but also just... You know, taking one half of the the most well-known, you know, tag teams in in history, and what it meant to have the Hell Warriors or Hell uh win the uh, Universal Wrestling Association uh, tag team championships. So I still need to find the footage to actually watch that match.
4: Oh one of the reasons that that was not my big story was i had trouble finding that match too i am also yeah. a big tag team fan and i i heard saw that on there and i i tried to run that down i have not found that yet so maybe I, dusty yeah, I, has some ideas i yeah. don't i'll have to look around and see if
3: i can find it
4: I, right. well, I can, if somebody's listening out there they can send
3: yes, us in the yes, right direction yeah send us a message <laughs>
2: That is amazing. We want to we want to watch the match. Uh, it's it's a pretty big pretty big match to to have. And uh, again, this was the second iteration uh, of the the Hellraisers too. So I'm really interested in seeing what that looked like. And this was 2008, so it wasn't um, uh, long ago, and it was kind of towards the end of of Animal's uh, career as well. So I'd love to. To see it, but it's also kind of an interesting way of of blending, you know, not only American and Japanese and lucha all in not only tag teams, but I'm sure in in one match. So I'm fascinated to to see what that match looked like.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh,
2: Somebody find it for us. Yeah, somebody find it for us. You can we'll, we'll give you our socials later or send it on to the Lucia Central uh socials, all, all, all of that. Um but we re, we really want to watch this. Um yeah, and you so can see great. uh this day in Lucha Libre history every day on luchacentral.com. It has its own category under history, but again, you'll be able to see it on the front page every day. You can go and review what happened this day in Lucha Libre and uh, let us know what are some of your favorite uh, days, historical moments in Lucha Libre history. All right Now, Uh, Going into the later half of our episode, we do have a commercial from one of our partners, TheChairShot.com.
5: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
3: Okay, we're back. Um, AEW had a couple of big lucha spots, lucha Lucha adjacent spots the last couple of weeks. Um, Ray Phoenix, the most recent, it just happened last night as we record this, been all over social media today. Ray Phoenix and his amazing Liu Kang kick. In the middle of nowhere, we got a pretty good, well, there's a pretty good match between Jungle Express and Best Friends with Orange Cassidy. And in the middle of nowhere, Phoenix shows up and does the most perfect Liu Kang kick you've ever seen. Right upside, Orange Cassidy's head, and then just walks away like Clint Eastwood. It was amazing. <laughs> it was a really memorable moment of the match for me. And it was really cool to see so much going on all at once. And uh, he was also on AEW Dark this week, had a great match against Allen Angels. Um, he had an amazing Kanikumon buster finisher at the end. Um, the whole thing with the Luke Kang kick and running out in the tag team match, it reminded me a little bit of WCW in the best way and a little bit of AAA where there's random run-ins and attacks happen and it sets up a feud. And uh, I think Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy could be really interesting. I think the death triangle against the best friends could be really, really interesting um, as soon as, you know, Pentagon can get back to America and um, PAC can get back to America. Um, I think that, you know, that there's a lot of people that see Orange Cassidy as kind of a, like a one trick pony or a kind of a gimmicky thing. But I think that having a match with Phoenix, you know, could kind of open people's eyes to what he can do. And Phoenix has a way of making everything and everybody look amazing. And I think that, you know, teasing a match between them is going to be really exciting in the future. And I think that, like I say, with their tag teams, we'll get individual matchups throughout. And so I think we'll see a lot of action between them. Going forward. And then we had Sammy Guevara. And he's had an amazing couple of weeks. Um last week he got the tag with Chris Jericho against Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. And that made him the as if I'm not mistaken, the only non-world champion of a major promotion in the ring. Like everybody else had previously been a world champion for a major promotion. That's a really high profile spot for somebody like Sammy. And he got in a lot of offense. He had a beautiful shooting star press. um, But then he took a V-trigger from Omega. And then there was a kind of a very scary, not just kind of, but a very scary um, looking table spot uh, that he did. And then we had the golf cart and everybody's probably seen this on social media either the clip or the the photo Britt Baker streamed it live like the whole thing on her phone on Instagram it was amazing but the golf cart they i've even seen non wrestling memes about it but Matt Hardy flying down the walkway at Daily Field and he's got the most psycho face you've ever seen
0: <laughs> and he's
3: driving it and, and this red streak through his hair and Kenny Omega's leaning out the side. And I mean, like it was threatening and then they just run him down. Like they, it, it was an amazing spot and it was rightfully all over social media. Um, it was one of the most amazing and enjoyable matches I've seen on TV in a while. I've seen some pretty good stuff on YouTube lately, but on TV, this was really good. And I don't know if I've ever seen somebody go from young guy to top guy as fast as Sammy Guevara. He stood out with the panda head um, when he came out at the beginning, you know, when the AEW started, but he was seemingly hand-picked by Jericho for the inner circle. And he's really become a genuine superstar. I mean, I think he's got a little ways to go before he can compete solo in the title scene, but I think he's going to be seen as a legitimate competitor in the very near future he's only 26 he's of a similar size to AJ Styles at that age and I don't necessarily think there's ever going to be a ceiling for Sammy Guevara's talent and position I mean I think he could end up being the ace of his generation he's just so good and better every week
4: And he's so very charismatic. I don't know if either of you follow his vlogs, but, like, Mm -hmm. he's a very funny guy and and Mm -hmm. the rest of his life, too.
2: Yeah, he has such a great combination of, of talent and charisma. Um, that you really need in order to stand out. And uh, I, I agree with what you're saying uh, with seemingly just Chris Jericho picking him out because then they have their own little sub-tag team within the mm-hmm. inner circle. I to sex god. Guys. Uh, a god. They've got a now. Hilarious. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, <laughs> you know? And even that, I mean, his charisma, I think, has made him really stand out in the inner circle because whatever he doesn't have in size, like uh, pride and uh, and, uh Uh, uh, Pride and Powerful uh, like uh, Santana and Ortiz like Mm -hmm. a Jake Hager um, he has in charisma and that helps him stand uh, out in in a group like that and also when you have uh, someone who's very charismatic like a Chris Jericho you can see them kind of just gravitate towards each other so uh, I think he's done some really great work over the past few weeks. Um, but also just during his time in the inner circle, he's been able to really leverage that as a way to stand out. And he could have such a lengthy career at AEW where this sets him up for long-term success.
4: Uh, and we haven't even touched on what happened to him this week. So uh, he uh, he came out with a neck brace on. Yes. And neck then – during during the the scrum around a match, he wound up taking a really devastating looking
0: move yeah, it was gnarly,
4: where he like a
3: ba- like a crazy DDT with the neck brace on. Like a, I mean, like yeah, just wasn't hurt. Imagine trying to take a drop DDT like that with a rigid neck brace on. Uh, I
0: mean,
3: yeah, there's no way it was, wouldn't be painful.
0: Yeah,
4: he was spiked for sure. But he was very clearly proud of that because on social media after uh, that that happened, he uh, he put the gif up of it and then said, uh, "I don't back down from anybody, or I'm fearless, something to that effect."
2: Yeah, I I totally believe. I believe that man. He's uh I am going to be very interested to see what kind of spots happen during the Stadium Stampede uh match happening oh, at at Double or Nothing. I mean, if we thought that what we saw already um was pretty pretty entertaining, I can only imagine what they're setting up um for for Double or Nothing with with uh the Sex Gods or another well, the Sex Gods and and the the Inner Circle. Uh the whole Inner Circle versus the
0: Elite.
4: Yeah, that that's going to be a barn burner for sure. Mm-hmm. I do want to swing back for just a second here. Um, you, you kind of glazed over this because we were so excited to talk about the amazing kick, but Jurassic Express does feature Luchasaurus. So that yeah. is, if you are looking for a Lucha match on this week's AEW product, <laughs> that is the match to watch right there, that, that tag team affair. Where later Ray comes out or Phoenix comes out and uh, and drops Orange Cassidy with a phenomenal looking kick,
2: and they did set that up for next week. So we will have Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix um, for next week's AEW Dynamite. Also, um, both men are going to be in the uh, Casino Ladder Match at Double or Nothing um also included in that match as of right now is Darby Allin and Colt Cabana so that i mean that match has and I you know ray
3: was announced today
2: Ooh. So yeah. I think there's going to be oh nine competitors uh, in in total for that match, and to have Ray Phoenix a part of that, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. going to to be fantastic for him to showcase, but also having all these different uh, wrestlers in that match with different styles. I mean, already a Darby Allen, I I know so much. Of, he's just going to just jump off so many things and just jump onto so many people i'm very excited to see um what what he would do uh, against uh, a ray phoenix and the setup that they have now with orange cassidy it does seem like that's a really you know solid build-up uh into the the ladder match uh for double or nothing um and even yeah scorpio sky i mean it that could have the ability to steal the show at a hundred percent. Um, I know there, there's a whole stadium stampede that's going to happen, but with the physicality, the, the performers that are going to be in that ladder match, I mean, it's going to be some of the best in the entire world, uh, in, in an insane ladder match. So I'm really, really looking forward to that match in particular.
4: Yeah, that's going to be a great one. Uh, I, always look forward to AEW pay-per-views but uh, this one has is really getting me excited
3: yeah I think this is easily going to be their best one yet we've had enough time to kind of get into a rhythm with AEW and get into a feel and uh, they're giving us some of their best stuff right now and I mean it's really been great TV lately and And if the latter match isn't the best match on the show, I can't wait to see what the rest of the show looks like because, you know, the whole thing has the propensity to be, you know, an A-plus, breathtaking show.
2: Yeah, I very much agree. And we talked about some of the creative differences between AEW and WWE and and even AAA in working through an empty arena. Um, And I think they've been... Finding a good balance between competitive matches but also entertaining. Some things have come across a little hokey in my personal taste, um, like uh, Nyla Rose's kendo stick uh, spot. Uh, to me, why do you only hit someone with a kendo stick once? Um, it's Mm -hmm. like a bag of chips you got to do it multiple times there's no way you just (laughs) hit someone once with the kendo stick but that's you know uh, I'm sure uh, a debate that we can have another time Uh, but overall I can appreciate the creativity also just the creativity of all the promotions during this time um, with empty uh, arena shows and doing things that are unique to them that make them stand out but also continuing to put on just quality matches and quality products but there's also still the case that if you know as a fan if you're unsure what to watch or don't like one thing there is truly something else out there for you and i think this is a wonderful time that if you are just getting into lucha libre is this is this is still something kind of new to you um there's a lot of amazing content that's available and you can find a lot of that on luchacentral.com
4: Yes, uh, and we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on, on a lot of the content that's out there. Uh, we will be in future weeks, as uh, we talked about at the beginning of the show, talking about the factions in ROH, and uh, even the NWA has Thunder Rosa as champion, and she's teasing a big announcement for Friday, which will be when the this, this show is on the air. Uh, so I'm uh, hoping that it's something exciting that we can talk about on next week's show as well as uh, uh, whatever AAA is going to be doing next, and MLW is releasing the Anthology series, so there will be Lucha Libre matches to talk about on that as well.
0: Yes,
2: really good point about all all of that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be something out for everyone, so we don't want to hear it that there's nothing on TV or there's nothing, you know, in wrestling to to watch and see because there's plenty out there.
3: Yeah, definitely. Something for everybody. YouTube and
4: lots of stuff there. And lots of lucha everywhere too. So mm-hmm. which is great. This is the right time to, to be a lucha libre fan. You have lots of access to it.
2: And speaking of being a good Lucha Libre fan, if you've listened to the entirety of the show, congratulations. You are a good Lucha Libre fan because you did made the right decision this week to listen to the English edition of the uh, Lucha Central uh, weekly podcast. Thank you so much. Um, before we get off the air, I want to give us uh, hosts a chance to share with you our social media accounts. So that way, if you'd like to connect with us, ask us any questions, feel free to do so. So, Dusty, where can fans find you? Uh,
3: they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Dusty Murphy and I'm on Facebook too. Um, there's a few other Dusty Murphys out there, but as long as you see the one wearing a Christico mask, you found the right guy.
2: (laughs) Me, I it took me a second, but I figured it out.
4: (laughs) Good, I'm glad.
2: (laughs) And Brendan, where can fans find you at?
4: Oh, my favorite place to hang out is on wrestling Twitter. I am three two one t shirt. That's T E E S H I R T T three two one t shirt guy on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, but much like uh, Vinny, I'm not really big about posting a lot of pictures, so I have a lot more fun on on the Twitter.
2: Awesome. So you can do Twitter for both of us because I don't have Twitter. Um, So if you all have any questions, just hashtag Miranda on any of Brendan's social uh, Twitter (laughs) posts just just so that he can relay the message. Um, I also did not get this approved by Brendan, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it.
4: I'll totally take your messages for you. That's fine. Yes.
2: Brendan will take my messages for me. Just please use hashtag Miranda. Um, so that way he just knows to relay it to to me. Uh, I myself am on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Uh, feel free to drop a line. Let us know what you think about the show. We definitely want this to be a show of the fans, by the fans. So let us know any future topics you think we should cover. Um, we still got a long ways to go. This is only week two in forever. So our hope is that we can continue to provide you with some great content and information, uh, breaking news, everything in the world of Lucha Libre. And speaking of, you can follow LuchaCentral.com for all your latest Lucha Libre news and analysis. You can follow Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central. You can follow them on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. And you can also visit their YouTube page where there's lots of great uh, videos up there. They've been uh, streaming the AAA Lucha Libre uh, fighter series. There's going to be interviews, past and present, uh, that are going to be available. And uh, I believe some uh, some little cliff notes of, of the podcast from the Podcast Network will be on YouTube. Uh, also, this uh, podcast and the other podcasts on the network are going to be available on all your major forms of podcasting. So Spotify, um, of course, um, the other ones, I don't remember all of them cause there's so many right now. Uh, but you know, until next time we will be back next week. Uh, and just don't hang out here. I mean, you can do other things while you, you are waiting, but, uh, we hope to, to have you listen and be with us next week. See you soon. See you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye.